Good morning, Reach Church. All right, so if Reach kids want to head out now, they can do that. Off they go in their pink pants. Those are cool. I like that. All right. (laughs) All right, so uh, we have been going through God-sized conversations because uh, we heard from you and from our community uh, the God-sized questions that you have. Now, this week, this week, we are talking about prayer. Now, I wish I could read some of the questions about prayer. Um, they were different because no, they were really long. Like, the people about other topics, they had, like, one sentence. No, the people about prayer had, like, whole paragraphs about, like, listing one after the other questions about prayer. So, uh, I anticipate more questions at the end than usual. So, uh, I, I'm fine with that. The sermon's going to be a little bit shorter, hopefully, and then um, you'll get plenty of time for questions. But, uh, prayer. So what are the kind of the typical struggles with prayer? Um, Most of all, we struggle to pray. Now, no one asks about that, like, why am I so bad at praying? Or why why don't I pray more than I should? uh, Or as much as I should? We didn't ask those questions, but I think we asked some of the underlying questions. that kind of get to the difficulties related to prayer. Some of the, the personal struggles, the intellectual struggles. So a lot of people had questions about, um, well, about sovereignty and how that syncs up with prayer. So they're saying, asking the question like, okay, we've said that God wills all things. He determines all things. He has a, an eternal plan that he created um, long before any of this happens. So then how do we pray? Why do we pray? What's the point then? Now that gets into the intellectual problem of like, okay, am I just doing something kind of stupid and futile in sitting here praying? All right, that's going to kill our prayer life. All right, but beyond that, you're like, okay, I know that I should pray. We have kind of the more personal struggle of, all right, yes, I know that I, I should pray, and maybe I do, but I haven't actually seen God do anything. I have prayed for things, and he hasn't answered. He hasn't answered the way that I thought he would, or that I even thought he promised to. And so a lot of you are kind of wholeheartedly discouraged about prayer. So those two things are going to be the, the main focus is, all right, how do we, how do we think about, like, what is our role in prayer? What does it actually do? We're going to talk about, kind of what we should, how we should think about prayers that don't go answered and why that is. But then finally, we're going to talk about Jesus and talk about kind of how and why we pray through him and in him. So uh, with that, let's pray and we'll, we'll jump in. Father, we thank you that we can come to you even now because we are not capable in and of ourselves to understand these things. Father, we are blinded by the sin in our hearts and Father, by the, by the biases and by the motivations and Father, by a thousand distractions and we ask that you would give us the power even to, to hear your word, to incorporate it into our lives and Father, most of all, we ask that we would love the things that you call us to. We love Jesus, and Father, we would love to pray. Father, would you give us a renewed heart and a renewed spirit that when we think about prayer, we don't think about it in a way that's guilty or, um, or like we're not, not religious enough, but Father, would we see it to be as a great privilege that we get to speak to you and ask for the things that we cannot do ourselves. Father, we thank you, and we pray, as always, in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So let's just talk about this, this first question. 
Uh, question usually goes, goes somewhere along this lines that, okay, why do we need to pray if God already decided everything? Or if God already has his, his sovereign plan, then does, does prayer change anything? Related to that, uh, does it really matter if I pray or not? Is it all going to turn out in the same in the end anyway? All right. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, because it's recognizing one thing. So we're recognizing that God is in control of everything. That the things that happen out in the world are according to his plan. That he knows what's going to happen. God isn't surprised. That God has determined. He hasn't just looked into the future. But he has determined by his will all things that are set forward. Now, we've been talking about that in several different iterations throughout this series. So I want us to have that fundamental truth. And, therefore, it creates this question. So it's a good question that we're wrestling with. But I think we can answer it some weird ways. So first, uh, how do people commonly answer this question? How do they reconcile that God has determined all things, but we're told to pray? All right. The first one that I've heard that it is a really bad answer to this question. All right, they're kind of agnostic about the whole thing. And so you hear people say something like this. They say, well, you know, God's already determined everything. I don't really get how prayer works. I, it's just not really that clear. So as an act of faith, I pray. I pray because God told me to. I don't really understand what, what's supposed to happen. I don't think that really anything's going to change, but I'm supposed to do it. All right, in kind of a, a twist on that, they might say, okay, I, I don't really know. I'll just throw up my hands, but God says to do it, so I'll do it. All right, that sounds good. And it sounds really humble. It actually sounds like, oh, like they're, they're letting the mysteries belong to God. All right, but I think Scripture is very clear in what happens in prayer and that prayer does things. And that we shouldn't just say, I don't know if prayer does anything. No, we know from Scripture, we know that much that it does do things. All right, so let's, let's go ahead and take a look at James 5. James 5, verses 13 through 18. You can turn there. You can look on the screens. Uh, both are good. James 5, 13 through 18. I want to see, okay, how does God talk about prayer in, in his word through, through, this, through James the writer? All right. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. All right, so from this passage, I don't think we can honestly say that we need to be agnostic about prayer or that we don't understand, like, maybe it works. No, it clearly works. All right, there's a very clear relationship here. That what did Elijah do? 
he prayed. And when he prayed for it to stop raining, it stopped raining. This passage doesn't say that he happened to pray something that aligned with God's will. No, he prayed it and it happened. And when he prayed again for it to rain again, it rained. All right, we see the same thing when, all right, if you are sick, ask for prayer and you'll be healed. All right, that's just, it's very clear. All right, so we don't get to just throw up our hands and say, well, I, don't, I don't know if prayer does anything. No, prayer does things according to scripture. Prayer is effective. Prayer is powerful. Prayer really is doing the things that, that we're asking. God is committed to doing the things that we ask from him to do in prayer. All right, that seems a little obvious as I say it. But, uh, and remember, Elijah, it says, says in there, just so you know this, it says Elijah isn't a magic person. What does it say there? It says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He had a sinful nature. He was a broken person, but he was righteous in the Lord, and he was just like us, and his prayers were effective. All right, so we don't, don't get to be like throwing the blanket, blanket mystery card over this. All right, we need to do better than that. All right, second, there's other people who, who they're trying to reconcile these things, and what do they do? They change the definition of prayer. And what do they do? They say something like, well, you know what? Prayer isn't really asking for things. Prayer is aligning our hearts with the will of God that he has already determined. And so what do we do? We, we like look at what God is doing and we, we make our hearts right with that. Or I think that's, a, that's a, a good thing to do in prayer. We are called to line up our will with God's will. But I don't think that's a good definition of prayer according to the scriptures, that prayer goes further than that. Prayer is meant to be asking God for things, to do things, to change the way things are currently. And so we see something like James 4.2. You do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. What is, what is, what are we encouraging there? To ask God for things and he might give them to us. All right, John 14, 13 through 14. John 14, 13 through 14. Uh, <laughs> Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. All right, this is not lining our wills up with the will that God has already determined. This is asking God to do things, and he will do the thing that is asked. All right. We don't get to change the definition of prayer. Oftentimes we change the definition because we've built up sovereignty too much or because we doubt what God is going to do. We don't trust him to actually give us anything that we ask. We'll talk about that in the next section. All right, I feel like I'm kind of harping on this. But, um, all right, so what do we say? What do we say that, how do we reconcile the two that God has sovereignly determined all things and that prayer actually is effective, God does do the things that he says he will do. All right. Presbyterians. <laughs> Hear me when I say this. Uh, if you're not Presbyterian, you will not fall, fall into this trap because scripture doesn't fall into this trap and you shouldn't. Um, all right. Over and over and over. The actions, the things that we do, they matter. They 100% matter. 
the choices that you make matter. Your choice to pray or not pray matters and makes a difference. There is, is human freedom and we can use it or we cannot use it. Alright, and that isn't, that isn't heretical to say. Alright, so let's talk about evangelism. So evangelism. What is evangelism? Evangelism is, is us, first of all, it's us sharing the gospel with people. To evangelize people is to share with them the evangelion, the, the gospel, uh, the good news, which is another word that means something else, uh, what Jesus did. So, uh, we evangelize because God has said that is the means by which people are going to be saved. That's the ordinary means. That yes, God could just zap people from heaven and make them instantly believe, but no, what he's anointed, a, a means of doing this, and it is by us telling people about Jesus. And so we're supposed to go tell people about Jesus. And we could say that if we don't go tell people about Jesus, people out there will not hear the gospel and they will not be saved. Yes, that's what, that, that is true. So, if you don't believe that, like we, we all do, that's a, it's a more normal one. We know we're supposed to do that. We know that there's sinks up, something that we are called to do, and God promises to work in and through it. According to his sovereign plan, he has already chosen the people who will receive the gospel from our message, but if we don't share it, there's nothing in the plan for people to be saved through us because it, it just doesn't happen. All right, so prayer. We'll parallel this. What is prayer? Prayer is the means that God has given to provide for the needs that we have. Prayer is the means that God has given to, to unleash his, his power in the world. God is the means that he has given that he might work. Now, it's not the only means, but it's one of those means. And he's, he's tied himself to prayer and is saying, I, I will do the things that they ask. I will, I will answer when they call. All right, so does God have a plan? Yes. God had an eternal plan from all of history. But you have 100% free will. And if you choose to pray, that will be incorporated into the plan and the plan will be different. All right, that's weird to say because from our perspective, it changed because we had power to change it. But God, God would have incorporated it into the plan from the very beginning. It's a whole different system now because of we prayed. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, if Elijah didn't pray, we can legitimately say the rain would not have stopped. If Elijah did not pray, the rain would not have continued again. And that's where I want to remind us again and again and again, your choices matter. You can use your free will to live this life to its fullest, to, to embrace the promises of God that are given in Jesus, or to just neglect them. You can you can pray and you can see the, the world out there change. Or you can not pray and just wait for things to happen. That's the choice that we're given. That's actually how prayer works. 
All right, now, you might ask, okay, how does that come together philosophically? How can we say that our prayers matter and that God determined all things from all eternity? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it says both. And so we live with both. It's 100%. We have, we have free will. It's 100% God determined all things. They come together and make 100% and we're confused once again. Uh, but that's where we live. That's where we live. And honestly, if we, if we read the Bible, the Bible doesn't wrestle with this question, really. It takes those two things for granted. It has, it has a, it's 100% comfortable holding those two things together. And it doesn't get angsty about this. It doesn't say, well, maybe, maybe you shouldn't pray. Maybe, maybe God isn't in control anymore. No, it can hold both together, and we should be able to hold both together and not get angsty and philosophical about it. All right. Are we cool with that? Yeah, <laughs> maybe not, but uh, all right. That's where, okay, so, when, so ultimately the person was like, okay, does prayer change things? Does prayer change things? From the perspective of God, no. From the perspective of us, yes. You could say that. Ultimately, I would ask the better question is, does prayer do things? Yes. Prayer does things. Prayer is effective. Prayer mobilizes God. Prayer, he actually hears and he acts. All right. So, uh, hopefully we'll have questions about that in the end. But we're not going to ask them now. We're asking them at the end. So, uh, the, the next section then. All right, you're hearing this. And I think a lot of you hear this and it's discouraging because you've had personal experiences with prayer where you haven't seen this to be the case. And you have prayed for things. You've prayed to God. You've pled with him. And he hasn't answered. And that's where all the things that we talk about each week, the things, the ways we interpret the Bible, it's not just intellectual. It's, we use our hearts to do this. And we use our experiences to do this. And sometimes we can change the things that the Bible says because we, we have trouble believing it. And we do. We have all experienced unanswered prayers. All right, David experienced unanswered prayers. He prayed for his son to be healed. His son was not healed. We see Moses pleading to enter the promised land, and no, he, he doesn't get in. All right, we see these things. And so what do we do with them? How, what do we say is, is really happening here? All right, we can't just throw out the promises. We have something like John 14. 13 and 14, that says, like, it's a promise, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If we throw that out and say, well, experience doesn't show that to be true, then we're not living by faith anymore. We're not, we're not believing the truth that's revealed. All right, so, we could talk about a lot of scripture. Uh, we will talk about some scripture, but I instead want to give you kind of a larger analogy of how we should think about prayer that might help us with these things. All right, so there's kind of the, the natural analogy. We have the, the vending machine analogy of God. All right, so prayer is, prayer, is, prayer is the quarter that we put in the vending machine of God and we get whatever we want out of it. 
And that's kind of naturally how we read a verse like this. And we say, oh, okay, like, so if I put in my prayers, I'll get out my, I'll get out my soda. And that's just how God works. All right. That's not how it's talked about. Instead, I would say that prayer is, prayer is talking to your father. Talking to your father and asking him for things. It's a personal relationship. This is asking a person from your own heart, another person for things. All right, so the running analogy then is Remy, my two-year-old, asking me for things. And we'll start to see, okay, it's kind of complicated, the relationship there. Now, do I want to give Remy everything? Would I say this? Like, Remy, what, whatever you ask, like, I'll give to you. Sure, yeah. For the most part, like, yeah. But I have to say that for the most part part. All right, so let's talk about this. So when Remy asks me for certain things, he will always get them. If he asks for, like, snuggles or hugs, he's, like, not that touchy-feely. So if he asks for them, like, he gets it. Immediately, no ifs, hands, or buts. All right, that's where, and God is the same way. There are certain things that are so close to his heart. Like, to ask is as good as done. All right, so things like wisdom. Like, forgiveness for sin in the name of Jesus. Like, those are things that, like, yes, he's committed to that. You ask for humility or for an understanding of your sin. Like, he's, he's more than happy to give you as much of that as you want. All right, and you'll get it every time. More, more than, than you can bargain for. All right. So, uh, there are other things that if Remy asked me for them, he would never get them. All right, so Casey, when she was in college, her dad bought her, like, the biggest taser you've ever seen. All right, and we'd always try to like steal it from our purse because it, it was like super loud and like shot these blue sparks out. <laughs> and so, yeah, we'd always try to steal it and play with it. Um, and she'd yell at us and take it back. Um, all right, if Remy asks for the taser that's like hidden away in the closet somewhere, I will always say no. Because at no point does he need to play with that. Like, at best, he's going to taser himself. At worst, he's going to, you know, like that. This is not going to happen. We're not going to play with that. There are certain things that, yes, if you ask God for things, he will never give them to you. Because they're not, they're not good for us. They're not what we need. All right. I think every single one of us has prayed for a million dollars. Because we've heard this and we're like, I guess you could pray for a million dollars. Like, that sounds great. And you haven't gotten it because you didn't need it. And it wasn't good for you. Uh, you don't get things that are sinful. You don't get things that go against him loving you. You just don't. All right. Remy asked me on a weekly basis to drive the car. <laughs> Do I let him drive the car? Like, no, I don't let him drive the car. But when he's 16, he will ask again. And all of the asking from all 16 years will, will all come to a consummation and he will get to drive the car. All right. So at, at some point, we're just not mature enough to get the things we're asking for. All right. Same with God. There's a timing with these things. All right. Uh, but let's take something very neutral. Very neutral. Remy likes goldfish crackers. He likes goldfish crackers. And it's like, it's not the healthiest thing, but he can pretty much have it whenever he wants. He's fine. And so, like, for the most part, I'm saying, you can have that whenever you want. Just ask me. But sometimes he doesn't get them. All right, when doesn't he get them? 
He doesn't get them when he's screaming at me for goldfish crackers. <laughs> All right? <laughs> he's going to get something else from me, not goldfish crackers. All right? <laughs> and he's not going to like it as much. All right. Uh, if, if, he's, if he wants goldfish crackers, and he wants me to rip them out of the hands of the screaming child next to him, he will not get those ghost goldfish crackers. Those aren't his. He doesn't get them. All right, in the same way, if we are asking for the things in prayer with an underlying motive of sin, of broken relationship, if our motives are just to use them on ourselves for selfish purposes, he doesn't give them to us because it's, it's not good for us. All right, let's, let's keep going. Why else might he not get it? Because it's dinner time and there's something better in store for him. He doesn't need goldfish crackers at a time. If he's eaten 100 goldfish crackers that day, no. He needs to wait till, till tomorrow to get the goldfish crackers. All right, what, like, if he's in the bathtub, he doesn't get goldfish crackers. If he's in the swimming pool, if, if he's driving in the car, because we don't want crumbs in the car. He knows that rule. All right, there's all these things, and that's where it, If it is this personal relationship, and we're asking our Father for things, there's a stance where we stand as children before God, but we're idiots. And so he doesn't give us everything that we want and everything that we ask for. And every single one of those things is, is laid out in Scripture as a, as a qualifier. All right, the only one that Remy hasn't done is, all right, Remy's never asked me for goldfish and then said, but you know, Dad, I don't think you can actually give them to me. Or, Dad, I don't think you love me enough to actually give me goldfish crackers if I, if I ask for them. All right, that's the only one that Remy doesn't do, but that's the, that's the lack of faith one. And all of those are laid out in Scripture. That if we ask without faith, if we ask in doubt, that if we ask with a sinful motive, if we ask with sin and unrepentance in our heart, if, if we ask and we're in a bad relationship with our wife at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's scriptural. <laughs> not not going to listen. All right, if you're oppressing the people, Isaiah 58, and like just committing wanton sin, he's not going to listen. All these things are scriptural. And it has all these ifs that, all right, if you don't ask in faith, if you don't ask in my name, if you don't ask according to my will, if you don't ask abiding in me, But, and, and in those things, I think we are called to look at our hearts and ask ourselves, okay, what's really going on here? I'm asking for this thing. I'm not getting what I'm looking for. Why am I not getting it? Is it because there's sin in my heart? Is it because there's bad motives? Is it because all this stuff? And I want to remind us, as, as counselors and as truth givers, please don't jump straight to, you probably don't have enough faith all right, that's the, the most ungracious of the reasons. And don't, don't jump there. There's yourselves first. That's not the, we don't always go to the most sinful, horrible response. Um, but we are called to look, look at our hearts and ask, all right, what's going on? And at some point, we might have to say, you know what? I think God's plan is just different. I can't see the larger picture. He wants something else for my life. And at that point, we trust him as our father who knows more than we know.
and who loves us and who, who has a plan. And we're going to get to drive someday, but we're not 16 yet. Or it's a taser and we don't realize it's a taser. And so we're, we're never going to get it. And he's never going to give it to us. Or there's something better. Dinner's, dinner's on the table and we need to wait for it. All right, that's the reality of what we're talking about here. God is not a vending machine. And we can't have a vending machine theology because it's not going to work and then we're going to doubt what God is actually saying here. Okay. All right, so I was wrestling with this, this last question. So how do we end this? How do we end this? Uh, and this is where I, I want to encourage us. I want to encourage us. That if, if prayer is what I actually said, if it is like this promise that God will listen to us and will, will shape the world according to our prayers, like this is an amazing gift. This is an amazing gift to give his people. And I want to remind us that not everyone is given this gift. That not everyone can say that God is Father because we're just the children of the world. That's not how it works. No, first and foremost, we are sinners before God. And we have hated God and we have rejected God and we are at war with God. And the only reason we can talk about any of this and the only reason that God will receive us as, as children, the only reason we can call him Father is because Jesus Christ has given us his sonship. Because we are sons and daughters who have been adopted by Jesus. And Jesus came down and he wrestled with these same things. That Jesus, as a man, he didn't get to wander through life and never have to pray because well, he's God. No, even he had to do it. He played by the same rules. He prayed for healings. He prayed for resurrections. He prayed for for the faith of his followers, he prayed for us in the high priestly prayer. Like Jesus went away and prayed. If he had to do it, we're called to do it. And he understand how vital it was. He understood he couldn't do it alone. And Jesus, in the, in the garden of Gethsemane, called out to God and said, like, God, I, I see what's before me. Please change it. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to go to the cross. And just like us, he heard those answers that was no. And Jesus himself had to hear the, had to say that your will, not my will. All right, Jesus has been in the same position as we are. He has struggled with prayer alongside of us. He's with us in that. And then on the cross, what prayer did he have for us? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that's where Jesus got the no answer and then he gave to us the, the yes answer that all the promises are yes and amen in Jesus because of what Jesus did on the cross. That you are now children because if you have put your faith in Jesus. Hebrews says, Hebrews says, chapter 4, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. We do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness. He's been with us in this prayer. He's, he's struggled with us. 
But then it says, but we have one in every respect and tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We've said that God wants to lavish upon us the riches of his grace in Jesus. And because of, excuse you guys, synced up, well done. <laughs> the spirit was in it. Yeah, um, that because the, the, the riches of his lavishing grace, like, he wants to give us these things. He wants us to come to the throne. He wants us to come without fear, without shame, without guilt. And to act like children before him. To go to our father and, and ask that he might provide for the things that we need. That he might bring the kingdom. That he might save us from sin. That he might bring salvation to the people. Alright, this is an amazing gift. That you, you get to walk whenever you want to into the throne room of God by the power of Jesus. And so I, I want to encourage us, like, go. Go to the throne room. Pray. Use the free will that God has given you. Use the gift that is in Jesus. We, we talk about the, the gift of salvation, but there's so many gifts. There are so many gifts that Jesus has given us, and this is one of them. Access to the Father anytime. And if we mess up our prayers, we have Jesus who is interceding for us before the throne. We have the Holy Spirit who is like helping and sanctifying our prayers. We have him groaning underneath our prayers and putting words to the things that we can't express. Like, we're not going to pray wrong. Don't worry about that. If you pray for something stupid, God just won't give it to you. Like, all right, that's okay. Go as a, as a child to your father. We are weak. We need help. Let's go to him. Let's ask for power to, to be all about nothing but Jesus. To give people nothing but Jesus. To love nothing but Jesus. That is the gift that he has given us. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Let's hear some questions. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Tome. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, and I asked for I feel like before I to faith, like he was gently leading me in that direction and I feel like he answered. Right. Right. I think I think we'd probably say that the experience of us as non believers would be say yes. Um He's gracious. But I think to presume upon that is, um, is in some sense foolish and presumptuous. And I think he's, he's gracious with those who, who don't know any better. Otherwise, no one would be saved or come to faith. So, yeah, I would say yes, but I'd be careful in that. Yeah. Yeah. What about repetition Okay, yeah, no, no, that, that was one of the questions and I didn't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> no, so I'm glad it came up here. I'm glad it came up here. I didn't, it didn't fit into the timelines or like that. Okay. Uh, all right, no, the question, someone asked a question and they were essentially saying like, 
God is sovereign. He knows all things. He's om omniscient. Like, if I ask for something, shouldn't it just be like he remembers and I don't have to ask again? And that's where we're always shaped by Scripture. We do what Scripture says. And Jesus himself says that, yes, repeat yourself. Go, go before, the, that the woman before the judge, she received what she was asking for because she was repetitive. In some sense, Jesus draws that same analogy. Um, I'd say God is better than that, but Jesus doesn't say, like, no, you only say it once because God is God. No, go. Go. And maybe on the third try you get goldfish. You know, I don't know. <laughs> so I think that's where Scripture says to do it, so we do. First, I'd say that we haven't seen the answer yet. Um, and that's where, ultimately, a lot of our prayers are stored up for the future. Um, we even see in Revelation that there's like, the incense goes up and it sits in a bowl up there in heaven. And like, when the final coming comes, like, when the Lord's day comes, it's poured out. And our prayers actually help the the judgment, they help bring restoration, they help restore, they destroy suffering, that our prayers wait to be answered then. And so in that sense, I'd say, keep waiting. Keep waiting. We don't know. Um, and then, when we do know, I think we can say, like, okay, it wasn't, it wasn't the plan. It wasn't your will, and not your will, but not my will, but your will. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's on that, yeah, on the day of the Lord, yeah, a lot of goldfish, yeah. Jelly beans. <laughs> All right, other questions? No, no, oh. Kind of like a confirmation. Daniel's question was about the repetition. Uh-huh. And I immediately thought of the story, I think Jesus told the story about the woman who kept bugging Right. Right, 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 right. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Justin? Um, does it matter if we, in terms of praying, if we pray to God the Father, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit? Okay. <laughs> Just say Trinity and you're covered. No, um, all right. <laughs> no, in general, I think in general we're praying to the Father, through the Son, by the Spirit. Um, that that's generally a relationship. But um, if we're like, we wouldn't thank the Father for dying on the cross. So if you're having those kind of prayers, like make sure those are according to the works that the Trinity Act, like that each member actually does. Um, but the general thing is, is Father through Son by Spirit. Yeah. Or in the Spirit. Brian? Got a second question. <laughs> how, how angry does Sheila have to be with me before it hinders my prayer? <laughs> <laughs> I think you should ask Sheila that, right? <laughs> She'll let you know. Depends on what she's praying for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is there any 
difference between praying and praying with laying on hands? Uh, in the sense that if, if you're laying on hands um, as an anointing or as in a setting apart, um, we should be more hasty to do that according to scripture. Um, that's kind of the only, only rule I'd say. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I thought that same thing when I read that passage. Um, it does say that the, the prayer of a righteous man, so maybe, you know, they're supposed to be righteous men, so maybe they're more effective. Um, That's the pattern that's set for us? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not unreasonable to, to follow that up. And that's where at, at session meetings, like some people actually do that and they come and they ask for prayer. They get an oil, oil anointing. And so if you want to come to a session meeting and receive prayer, that's highly encouraged and we'd love to see you there. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? <laughs> we wore you down. <laughs> yep. Um, humor me. So you're um, you're saying your prayers. Sometimes moms don't get to say them until like right before bed. So you you get God on the mat, and then in the middle you cry to God. Okay. Because God is <clears throat> Shana did not say Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Just say the in Jesus at the beginning, and then you're safe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. I think... I think they still count. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where we remind ourselves of like the whole in Jesus or the amen. Like, okay, we, we believe this is going to happen, and we, we pray in the name of Jesus because we know we can't enter the throne room ourselves. Um, but those are reminders to us we should always be praying, even if we don't say those things with that in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah for Peter, sure. Is it safe to say that prayer doesn't have to be a formal practice? It can be a casual conversation about all day long. I mean, we're supposed to pray constantly. If you're, if you're willing to have those conversations with your dad, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I used to, I, there's, a, there's a man who was instrumental to my early years as a Christian, and we'd be driving down the road, and, you know, be quiet. And then all of a sudden I would hear him say, that's right, Lord. And he, I mean, he was talking to God while we were driving down the road. You know, it wasn't out loud, but right. he was just, he was praying for me while we were driving down the road. I mean, he was just, he had a constant conversation going all day long. Right. No, and that that's actually brings a, a helpful point that I forgot to mention. Like, we're talking about, we talked about the answers to the questions about prayer. This is not a holistic study of prayer. And that's where the, the issues that we often have with prayer are intercession and asking God for things and how does that work. But there's so much more that should be happening in prayer, like confessing our sins, like just fellowshipping with him, adoring and praising him. Um, did I already say thanksgiving? I don't know if I did. Yeah, thanks, thanking him for the things he's given. Um, this is a much larger practice than just what ask God for stuff. All right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where it becomes more of a conversation, not just a list. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's pray. Father, uh, 
we thank you once again that we can pray. We thank you that we don't have to come in our own power, but we come through the power of Jesus. We come because we are perfectly washed clean from our sin and because Jesus has given us his sonship, that we come as sons and daughters. Father, we ask that you would correct the things that are, are wrong in our theology and wrong about our experience that are shaping how we think about things. And Father, would you encourage us to pray? Father, would we see it as the great blessing that it is? We thank you that you hear us and that you listen and you act. And Father, we ultimately pray that you would be glorified in Jesus, that his name would be lifted up, that more would come to know him as their Savior. And Father, that you would use us to bring glory to your name. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name.